Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Golf Strategy School podcast. This is really the only podcast that's designed to help newer golfers get over that milestone score of breaking 100 or breaking 90. Uh, My name is Marty Griffin, and I wanted to answer one question that I get so much. And I I guarantee you've asked it before. Uh, Why do I slice? Let's talk about it. All right, so the question of why do I slice, or for that matter, why do I hook, it really comes down to two factors, okay? We've got the club face, and we've got the club path. A lot of people talk about club path being the more important because it is actually what puts the spin on the golf ball. Now, that is correct, and if you want to really get into semantics and get down to like the most nitpicky type of detail. Yes. What causes the slice, the actual shape is the club path. And that is when you come from the outside, you cut across the ball and that gear effect of when the club is coming across and hits the ball, it puts that spin on the ball and makes it go off to the right. That is what causes the shape. Now, if we want to really get to the bottom of the issue of why we are missing to the right, regardless of shape, why are we missing to the right? It actually comes down to club face as the initial conversation. So club face, if it's square, the ball will start on target. If it's open, the ball will start to the right. If it's closed, the ball will start to the left. Very basic ball flight mechanic laws. Now, when we get into this kind of overall question, I mean, it's that proverbial, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I'll tell you what came first. The egg came first. It was just from an animal that wasn't a chicken. Scientifically speaking, through evolution, that's what would happen. Two animals that are similar, breeded, and created a new subspecies. With the slice, that's kind of what's happening here. People talk about all the time, I got to fix my my path, but then they ignore the face. Well, if you are beautifully coming from the inside to produce that nice baby draw spin, and that club face is open, if it's open too much, it's going to push right, and it's going to try to come back, but it's not going to come back all the way. More often than not, though, If you're leaving the club face open at impact, 
you are not coming from the inside, especially if you're in my target audience. If you're struggling to break 90, struggling to break 100, chances are, I bet you dollars to donuts, that you are not coming from the inside. You're coming across the ball. You're coming over the top. And one of the influencing reasons here is because the club face is not square at impact. So your brain knows that you want to hit the ball down the middle of the fairway, but your brain also sees that the ball is going off to the right. So the brain says, hey, well, if the ball does this, maybe we can just start it more this way and it'll do this and it'll land back where we want. The brain tries to automatically fix and kind of compensate for the swing flaws. And what it does is it accentuates that over the top move. It gets worse and worse and worse. So long story short, you're never going to effectively fix your club path until you fix your club face. And that is because subconsciously your brain is going to be sabotaging you saying, no, you got to pull that sucker across the line and, and get it started further left. So when that happens, we start to introduce a whole list of other things that, you know, that are kind of downstream long tail effects of that type of brain pattern. So we're coming over the top and we're trying to get, trying to get that ball started further left. Well, that's going to create timing issues between our top half and our bottom half. So sometimes we will stop our hips and then we throw the club trying to speed it up. So we cast early. That leads to a bunch of inconsistencies in terms of fat or thin, whether you're hitting behind the ball, whether you're topping it. Or what we'll do a lot of other times is instead of trying to actually stop everything and flip the hands at it, we get into this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of just everything gets gradually more and more left in this loop of compensation. So we point our toes at the target and we point our hips at the target, but ever so slightly subconsciously, we just start aiming our shoulders further and further and further left at the address to give ourselves more room to come even more over the top and yank that ball further left so it can slice back to the middle. So when we look at this long run of how do we fix things, it's, it's just those two factors, the club face and the club path. And those are the two kind of origination points that, you know, have to be addressed, but it always has to be the face that gets fixed and then the path, because if we don't do it in that order, what's going to happen is we might end up like thinking that we have a good club path, but subconsciously our brain is still trying to get us to make that over the top move and try and get us to pull across our bodies. Now, if you're interested in learning more about where you kind of fall on this spectrum, I was actually working with uh, one of our past guests, Josh Boggs. He's a PGA instructor out of Columbus, Ohio, on developing kind of a self-analysis process that you can go through to actually address which problems you're having and kind of like what step along that process you're in. So if you would like to learn more about how to kind of self-diagnose your problem, because we see this all the time in all the Facebook golf groups, oh yeah, here's my swing. Any tips, any advice? Well, you know, 
nine times out of 10, it's 400 people who are 20 handicaps trying to give you advice. That's, that's not what you need to listen to. Uh, then there's people who are like me who are, you know, a kind of five or less handicap that are trying to give you advice. Well-intentioned, but probably not as thoroughly educated as a PGA instructor. And so that's why I've, I've gone back to all the different instructors that I've interviewed on this podcast and I've talked to them about how exactly people can go about this self-diagnosis process. So it's, it, it's not something that I developed. It's something that I put the pre like I, I put the training together and I recorded it, but it's, it's something that I've outsourced knowledge and brought it in and made sure that, you know, we have all of these correct staples in place. And what this will do is it'll help you actually get really, really consistent on knowing where your miss is. And I think for a, a lot of people, some of the basic things that we put you through in this training are very, very eye-opening in terms of how they're playing golf and how they're swinging the club. And just the knowledge of where your fault is can have a huge benefit on how you play the game going forward. So it's it's a super helpful training. All you got to do is check out the link. It's in the description. It's in the show notes of this podcast. You see it right below here. All you got to do is head over to that link and you can get access to this completely free training on how to actually self-diagnose your swing flaws, which I think is hugely beneficial, especially for people who are newer to the game of golf. So until next time, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful time your next time on the course. And as always, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of golf strategy school. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers, your age, head over to par for success.com slash Griffin. And you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers, your age based off of the this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.